Welcome to the Blue Economy Podcast, presented by Rhode Island, the Ocean State. I'm your host, David Hirschman, and today we're talking with Maren Hjorthbauer, a co-founder of the Catapult Ocean Accelerator out of Norway, and currently the managing partner at Fiend Ocean Ventures, a fund that invests in later stage ocean economy startups. She talked about why ocean innovation has gotten so hot over the past few years, and why countries like Norway have been so successful at creating blue tech clusters and bringing together the various parts of the ocean tech ecosystem. Welcome to the podcast, Marin. So, you know, first, maybe tell me a little bit about your background and how you came to found Catapult Ocean and now Fiend Ocean Ventures. Well, I uh, I worked for 13 years in, in the, the area of strategy, business development, finance, investment, and uh, always been exposed to the ocean industries in in, in one shape or uh, or form. And um, I just saw this immense opportunity to support founders in this space with, with competent capital, really, uh, to be part of building this nascent part of the startup ecosystem, um, combining both uh, impact with financial uh, returns what's what's kind of your general thesis about who you're supporting and kind of what kinds of companies you invest in uh i've over the past years i've built catapult ocean and in in catapult ocean we invested in very early stage uh, companies that focus on everything in the blue economy tech tech ocean and and impact um and there we looked for founders that had um you know uh, uh, a viable business model, um, some preferably some revenues, and we really saw that they were you know, developing solution that was really asked for in the market. Uh, and they focused a lot on, on on combining impact with financial potential to to have uh, financial returns there. Um, we looked at both um, food for the growing population. We looked at energy. We look at uh, at uh, more kind of circular economy, ocean health topics. Um, transportation so really everything in the blue economy um, and with the when I'm currently building Finned Ocean Ventures um, I focus on late stage growth ventures and here I've narrowed the focus to be on um, food from the ocean to feed the growing population um, materials from the ocean and then also the data revolution so I've really picked some of the topics where I see you know really great potential at the moment supported by macro trends what are some of the projects that you're working on with Find? what are some of the things you're most interested in with uh with what you're investing in now uh thank you for the question i think um just just uh, tell a bit about why i i currently build Find is that i see there's a clear gap in the market for uh strategic investors at the growth phase uh in the blue economy so there's there are investors in in c there are more p funds there but there's really uh not many investors that can take take board positions be hands-on and have kind of system approach to this uh in the growth phase so that's what i want to build with fin uh we have an ambition to be a leading uh, fund manager for the sustainable blue economy globally with a kind of foundation in norway but focus globally and we will invest in leading growth companies uh, that feed uh, the planet and provide sustainable materials and support uh, sustainable decision making through data and analysis that's that's the main focus uh, for us and is the idea mainly is sort of large checks as opposed to kind of the seed stuff that you were doing before 
Yes, our focus is Series A. So we're Series A with follow-on investments in Series B. So significantly uh, bigger checks. Well, you know, people talk about the blue economy kind of as a whole, but things like fishing and shipping and, you know, digitization and, um, you know, all, all this, you know, they all work uh, within the scope of the ocean, but, you know, how do they relate to each other? I guess, you know, how do you make the case that they relate to each other? Mm. It's a lot of talk about sector coupling these days as well uh, to see how can we leverage, you know, how can we uh, open up bigger markets. I think that's when we focus on the data, for example, sensors, connectivity, uh, and really understanding the ocean and robotics, you know, all of that data revolution hitting the ocean. I think uh, it's very clear that this goes across all the ocean sectors. So you can can attach sensors to... (laughs) To, to, to ships and to aquaculture pens and so on and to gather data, right? As, as one very <laughs> simple example. Uh, but what I found interesting is to look at how can we um, develop solutions to make these industries coexist. So for example, look at the aquaculture industry. How can we combine traditional salmon farming here in Norway with the growth of, um, of the lower traffic species like uh, algae, seaweed, uh, and other other um, species. And how can we, in addition to that, maybe add, you know, look at wave energy or floating solar or, or offshore wind. So really look at how, how can this play together so we can um, couple the sectors to make sure we make the best use of the ocean that we have available. Meaning, um, meaning how to occupy the same physical space or, or, or basically yeah. just to coordinate kind of where everything is? Both, both actually, but also to look at the same physical space. There are a couple of projects that are uh, being developed and supported by the European Union at the moment that that look at exactly those, combining those uh, sectors. Yeah. Well, so when you invest in companies, what does your role generally entail? I mean, how involved are you in the day-to-day and kind of nurturing the company? Mm, I'm very involved, I would say. Um, um, I... I think it's important for kind of all partners in such a setup, whether it's Finn that I'm currently building or Cadabal Ocean for everyone to be really hands-on uh, to understand what's out there. That means, you know, being part of the due deal process, interview the company. So I've all the founders, the 22 companies I've invested in, I've had meetings with all those founders, met them face-to-face or virtually, <laughs> but I've seen them in, in, in the eyes before making the investment decision, right? Uh, and uh, I think that's 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 crucial. Um, and do, I think that's really the exciting part of the job as well. Do, do you think uh, most of them need more kind of hands-on operational help, or is it more a function of kind of making connections to partners and capital and that kind of thing? Uh, it, it varies, but um, at the very early, at the seed stage, uh, we see a lot of really clever engineers or researchers that have developed this idea, and they, they need might need help to, to think about the business model or, you know, how should they position themselves or how can they, um, you know, uh, maybe take part of a bigger market opportunity. So a lot of them need support in the more commercial aspects. Uh, and that's also where my background comes comes in handy, I think, to, to look at how to really focus on how can I grow and create value. Um, I'm not a tech tech person. I know, you know, uh, I know quite a lot and I've seen a lot of things, but my, my background is more the business development uh, growth. Uh, so I think both connections, but also thinking about the, the companies in uh, uh, strategically, how can they position themselves? Uh, and I think for the later stage with Find, what I'm doing currently is is really uh, focusing on on investments where more of the tech risk is out, so that I can really 
focus on where my my strength is and that my passion is. So, you know, obviously the global coronavirus pandemic is the biggest story across all sectors right now. Um, how has it impacted what you're working on and has it changed your investment thesis at all or opened up any new opportunities you hadn't think, thought about or anything like that? Or, or And also, has it uh, impacted the portfolio of companies at all? Mm, of course, I mean, it's, in, it's impacted everyone. I think now that, the, you know, after the first, the, the first, since we had lockdown here in Norway in March, uh, the first month or two, it was very uncertain, everything, right? So, so I think both investors and everyone was sitting very, everyone was sitting very, very quiet in their boats uh, but now i think people see you know people people i talk to we talk about investors they they see this as you know it's even more important to allocate capital to to other areas here in norway we have a lot of people exposed to oil and gas for example and we had the uh, and a drop in the, the price, oil price at the same time as COVID hit, right? So a lot of these people see the need to, to reallocate capital to greener sectors um, and bluer sectors. Um, so I think uh, there's been a shift also here, more focus on impact, which is great to see from the investor's perspective. Uh, our portfolio companies, all of them came out of the, or are, are still alive after this crisis. It's been, of well, course, that's good. yeah. And that's, that's success, you know. That, that, yeah, it is. And of course, a lot of them, we were really working hands-on with several of the companies to make sure that, okay, we, we cut out everything that's not necessary, kind of go into a modus operandi where you just focus on the core. And I think this also uh, is, you know, in retrospect, a good exercise for a lot of these companies to really focus on the core uh, to come strengthened out of, out of this. How about, so, you know, Blue Tech kind of as an idea has been fairly hot lately in different parts of the world um, as big global industries like shipping and fishing are more and more focused on innovation. Um, why do you think people are optimistic about the potential of the sector now particularly rather than say 10 years ago? There's been a shift just the past two, three years, I'd say. Um, there's all, you know, this report from the OSD saying that the, the, the ocean-based industry will outperform the, the land-based two times by 2030, yes. But but to be more specific, we, we just we already see really an increase in interest from investors. Uh, uh, in in a recent report by Credit Suisse, ninety four percent of investors stated that they were interested in the sustainable blue economy. Uh, and uh, we just saw in the U.S. Um, in the first quarter of uh, this year, nine hundred and thirty million dollars were invested into the alternative. Uh, wow. Uh, protein space and I think plant-based food from the ocean cell-based food uh, from the ocean is just you know a really exciting area and aquaculture today um, accounts for 18% of the global protein market and it's estimated to account for more than half of it by 2050 and you see the seaweed revolution and we see the data revolution you know internet of uh, things moving to the sea. I think all of this combined makes this a huge opportunity and, and people have opened their eyes to this. Uh, there's still, um, uh, you know, it's still a bit new to a lot of investors, especially when we look at the growth phase where investors are used to investing in the kind of software B2C companies with different types of metrics. This is hardware, it's salt, it's harsh conditions. It's, it's a bit different. Uh, but, but I think people are more and more getting used to that then. and uh, uh, that's my intention with Finn as well to catalyze more capital into this space and de-risk it so that people um, really you know, 
can invest through us or with us to 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 make sure that they get someone with competency in this space to to support the companies. Do you find that a lot of investors' interest in the space? Um, has to do with kind of environmental concerns or coming from a place of environmentalism and wanting to sort of support, make money by supporting good or is it or are some people like purely kind of money you know just see opportunity it, it's both um it's both i think uh the the potential here for for great deterrence is uh, it's really really uh, it's good uh, but you know, I see both. I see family offices with the, some some links to the ocean, where the next generation is coming in and taking over, and they want to to uh, to be in the space where they're f- that they're familiar with, uh, and they want to also focus on impact and sustainability because they understand that that's really licensed to operate going forward. Uh, and you have pure financial investors as well, so it's it's really a mixed mixed uh, mixed bag. What do you see as, I guess, some of the most exciting aspects of the ocean economy? And I, I guess, you know, you, you pulled out like a few different sectors earlier, but I guess what, what parts of it do you think are ready to grow fastest? Uh, what makes me excited is everything with the, with the seaweed, uh, and, you know, this alternative protein and, uh, and cell-based seafood space. I think that's uh, extremely exciting. We'll look at the development just that's been in the alternative protein space, land-based with the now ocean coming just just behind. When you say cell-based, part, you mean like uh, meat that's grown in labs or like, like yeah. fish? Yeah. Yes, fish, fish meat, shrimp meat grown in labs. That they really remove uh, the, the environmental, uh, negative environmental impact. You don't have the toxins. It's just, uh, yeah, uh, it's very yeah, a promising way to feed the growing population, 10 billion planets. Well, so I, I've studied this a few years ago, and one of the issues uh, are that, I mean, I, again, this was like two years ago, um, with some of these lab-grown meats was that it was just like incredibly expensive to produce one pound of meat. Have mm-hmm. they gotten that down at all, or are, do you see any sort of promise in kind of scaling it? Yeah, they're working on it, right? And it has to do with scaling. So so I think key here is to really uh, to find smart business models and partnerships with big established players that can actually drive up the volume. Uh, and there are players now that are, you know, that, that's a key focus for all these players to drive down that cost. And I think if the demand is is, is there, uh, you're probably able to see see uh, cell-based uh, meat in the supermarket in five, or five to 10 years' time. So, it's, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, still it's getting the there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how about in terms of like corporates, who do you see as, I guess, leaders in the space? Are there any sort of big companies that are particularly innovative? And I guess, are there any executives or innovators or scientists that are moving the needle forward specifically? Uh, uh, there, there are, po- you know, there are pockets of really innovative uh, companies in all sectors. I think here in Norway, I've been lucky to work for, for one of the more forward-leaning shipping companies, the Wilhelmsen Group. Um, when I worked there, 10 years ago, they already had this model of a zero emission ship uh, kind of in the in the lobby and they were working towards that and they, they were really driving innovation uh, and they're continuing to do that. And, and uh, yeah, uh, so I think it, in, in shipping maritime, the, they are a leader. Uh, I think also within the the Auker system, has also Norwegian system here, um, uh, conglomerates uh, almost uh, they have a lot of oil and gas but they've also uh, now just uh, split out the arctic carbon capture and uh, offshore wind and have you know really started 
really focus on uh, on the green stuff. And I think some, you know, uh, that is great to see as well. In addition, actually, some some of, some of the tech, some of the tech companies also in the US, are, you know, with Alphabet's X company, they have a you know a big you know big focus now on, on the ocean. They collaborated with Movi, one of the you know the Norwegian uh, uh, big aquaculture companies. So I think there is you know a lot of different players around looking at this space, which is uh, great to see. How about, uh, so, you know, with Catapult, you invested in, I think, 23 companies from around the world, but only one was based in the U.S. Like, do you think that um, America is lagging in this particular cluster? Or, or And I guess, is there anything that you think that kind of forward-leaning countries and governments are doing to kind of foster ocean innovation? Mm. You know, it's, it's a bit random. We looked at the several thousand startups and ended up invested in those 22 and one was from the U.S., but... I think you have strong ecosystems in the US, you know, uh, West Coast, East Coast, your neighboring country, Canada is a big ocean economy as well. So I, there's definitely uh, a lot of things going on. But you have also, you know, even stronger, fo- has historically even stronger focus on other sectors, right? Whereas compared to Norway, the ocean sector has been kind of the, 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 the key sectors for us. We have our own sure. ocean, uh, you know, national ocean uh, strategy. So, so it, it plays the ocean industry plays a different role. Uh, but I, I think it's extremely exciting to follow what's happening in the US now with the, 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 uh, the sea ahead and the, 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 the cluster around Boston, like on the West Coast as well, where you're based. I mean, it, I think that yeah, we'll, we will see a lot of interesting companies coming out of that uh, as well. But I was, um, I've been in the, in the US several times uh, with wearing my Catapult Ocean hat. And I was in the room with the uh, 80 investors that were at this specific ocean investment um, event. And I asked how many of them had actually invested into an ocean startup. And, uh, and there were like two hands being raised. So I think um, might be, might, uh, you know, people might uh, need to get more exposed to these type of companies. We're used to investing into this in the uh, in way, for example. Well, you said that Norway has like an ocean strategy. What, you know, what does that entail? It's just, it's like just a general plan for like what, you know, how to support the industry. Yeah. How to support the industry, what role the industry will play, um, how, you know, uh, how to transfer uh, competence from, from the exist, you know, the, the subsea oil and gas sector to the kind of the new blue industries. Yeah. So um, quite comprehensive document, which is, uh, uh, yeah, which is really good to see because it has we have a lot of focus on on this obviously and our prime minister heads the the high level panel for a sustainable ocean economy as well so there's from top level focus cool and you know th- there's uh i guess uh, from your perspective do you see any kind of clear opportunity zones either in the us or elsewhere uh for kind of expansion in blue tech and i guess you know we you know our podcast comes out of Rhode Island. And so we think a lot about kind of how Rhode Island can kind of collaborate and participate in the ocean economy. Um, You know, I guess, how do you see like clusters like the one that you have kind of generated in Norway? Like how, how does one create that in somewhere like here? I think a starting point is to, to, to talk, to talk to all the clusters and collaborate and share experiences. Right. I think that's been, the key all, all the way here in building the ecosystem that I built with Catapult Ocean and I continue to build with fins to 
just exchange ideas and and uh, support each other. Uh, there's uh, too many things that needs to be done to to uh, build a sustainable ocean economy to to be kind of to be competitive in a way. So really find a different strength that that that, that you haven't built upon that. For example, again, see ahead that has. Uh, uh, around Boston, okay, their main focus now is robotics and some of the key competencies that are coming out of the MIT and, and those universities and really find what, what the strength in the communities that you are based in are and then feed that into uh, kind of the pipelines of other investors or clusters. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Blue Economy Podcast presented by Rhode Island, the Ocean State. And thanks again to Marn Hjorth-Bauer for joining us. If you're listening for the first time, you can subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever platform you use. And if you want to learn more about us, catch up on past episodes, or shoot us a note with your comments, head to our website, www.blueeconomypodcast.com, or look us up on Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn. From beautiful Providence, Rhode Island, I'm your host, David Hirschman. Thanks for listening.